In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners. Girlfriend, here is your show. Girlfriended, your chance to connect with other women, especially the woman that is most overlooked, yourself. Girlfriended is all about helping you become self-aware, not self-involved. The aim is to provide information that relates to life, which leads to real connections and results in a desire to connect or care for those in need. The Girlfriended principle was born out of loss. Patty's mother was murdered, and Lisa lost her mother to cancer. This forged a bond between them that nothing could shake. And now the women want to help you in more ways than you can count every day. From the website, GirlfriendIt.com, and the movement, GirlfriendIt, here are Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan on Toginet.com. Who are you sitting next to? Well, right this very minute, I'm sitting next to you, but actually, I'd rather be sitting next to Carrie, our sound engineer, (laughs) because she's so much nicer to me. (laughs) All right, all right. Before you guys team up against me and we get too far into our show, just a reminder, you are listening to Girlfriend at Radio with Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan, where we rally you to do the remarkable through resources and relationships. We'll have more information about today's show and other tips and tricks on our website at girlfriendit.com. And don't forget, you can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Okay, so let's go back to our original question for the day, which was, who are you sitting next to? Well, if we are going to get into who's being naughty and who's being nice, I have to share who I was sitting next to in New York City just a few days ago. So there we were at St. Patrick's Cathedral. Okay, I'm going to interrupt you. Of course because you are. Because we're walking the streets in New York, and I say, okay, we have to go to St. Patrick's Cathedral because it's magical, especially at Christmas time. So we walk, we open those big wooden doors, we walk in, and we hear the sounds of a choir singing. And it's, my, it's one of my all-time favorite and I can never say it. It's like Jesu, da 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 da. Yeah, it's like da 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 da. You know that music. Yeah. And I'm walking, and I'm like, oh, it almost like took my breath it, away. It really did. And you're in this grand cathedral, and it's echoing off the walls. So we, I like, we couldn't get go sit down fast enough to like sit down and take it in because we were like, we walked into a live performance. Yes. And what was so cool about it is we're hitting the finale. So you're just like, I mean, it truly was. It was this magical moment, and we tried to get as close to the front as we possibly could. So we are literally four pews away from this just grandiose choir. And as we, like, slither into the pew... Which we really did with our bags (laughs) and our coats and scarves and gloves. We don't want to make that much of an interruption. And, I mean, the place is packed. So we kind of slither in, and this beautiful woman with her hair pulled back in a bun, she looked like she was at a, you know, like a ballet, or she, she grabs her purse, and in this, like, broken English, she says, come have community with me. She's, like, you know, motioning, you motioning over. me over. And so that was, too, a moment of, oh, come have community with me. Okay. <laughs> so we, we sit down, and, of course, now they're starting Oh, Holy Night. They announced we're going to now sing two songs left, Oh, Holy Night and the Hallelujah Chorus. And we look at each other, and it's, it's you and my daughter, Amy, and myself. And we all look at each other like, oh, this is, like, so amazing. So, anyway, there we are. I'm with you. So, so Oh, Holy Night. And, and, and the woman I'm sitting next to, I find out that she's from the Ukraine, and she leans over to me and says, this brings me 
home. I mean, literally this brings home to me is how she said it. And of course now I'm, I'm almost getting teary eyed because I'm going, okay, this is all from her, you know, growing up and, you know, how it just evokes all those And she's emotions. sitting there all by herself from her, you know, not in her own homeland. And she's sitting there and then they, they, they sing this, um, Oh, Holy Night and they get done. And literally the, the crowd goes crazy with the applause. They're all, we're all applauding. It's getting and louder and louder. louder and it applause. was one of those moments that there's like electricity in, in the cathedral. And all of a sudden I hear, bravo, bravo. And <laughs> What was so funny is I, my daughter's next to me who's sitting, and you're on the other side of her, and Amy whacks you on the lake like, Patty. You know, it's like, it just like erupted this bravo, and I'm sitting there, like, I kind of like jump and cringe, like, <laughs> oh my gosh, what is she doing? We are in church. She is yelling, bravo, bravo. So then it kept applauding, and another <laughs> bravo went on. Wait, no, no, I'm not done. <laughs> I have to say, I get the slap on the leg and I, all of a sudden you lean over and look at me and you go, Pat, seriously, bravo in church. I mean, it's just that whole scolding. I felt like I was the five-year-old in church that and I leaned out seriously in church. I mean, but you know, what's so funny about that? It's so, it, I can't imagine you doing it, but yet I really could knowing your temperament. I could totally picture you getting caught up in the moment shouting, bravo, bravo. So as I lean and say, seriously, bravo in church. And you look at me and you go, it's not me. It's, and you pointed to the girl next to you. So we sit back. <laughs> then we all had a grin on our face because yeah, as I'm thinking you you guys are not going to believe me. I can I, I'm going to have to take the blame for this because there's no way this beautiful woman from Ukraine that you're going to believe that she was erupting this bravo, bravo. <laughs> It was, and people were turning around. That's yeah, the thing. People they were, were turning around because it was kind of, I think, unusual even for you know the cathedral. So then they lead into the next song of Alleluia. Hallelujah, and it once again it was just beautiful. The organ pipes, the violin, it, the choir. It was truly one of those moments. And again, they get done with. The well, Alleluia. I have that. I have that communion giggle where I I can't stop because I just keep thinking I am being blamed for this, and I I'm not going to be able to get out of this. And you guys are all kind of laughing, thinking. Okay, once again, so inappropriate, and why would Patty do that? And so now we're at the closure, and people are standing up, and they're clapping, and then she yells out, bravo, again. So I'm like, okay, they're going to offer me grace, and no, it was not. Yes. (laughs) It was not me. So she's clapping, and she's like, bravo, bravo. And then she looks to me and kind of hits me on the shoulder and says, say bravo. (laughs) Okay, this is where I have to say so then from my, my angle, two, two doors down from you, I hear this loud shout of bravo, bravo. And then I hear this bravo, bravo. I'm like, I already got scolded once for doing this. And now I'm being egged on to do it. I'm never going to be able to like walk into the church building again with Amy and Lisa. So yes, it was just one of those moments that, um, you, you know, here you have this whole New York experience, but what the takeaway is that, that moment of Bravo, it, it, it was, well, and again, you know what, we, we have talked about that story because it really, you go, are we having those Bravo moments in life or is things happening? Are we sitting next to people that when we leave them, our, our impression is Bravo, Bravo, you know, and, and we really need to take the time. And be intentional, and, and that is what you know we love to do is to really um, help people to do the remarkable, and that means to even be intentional for who you're sitting next to, and to pray continuously for God to put those people right next to us 
that we can have an impact. Whether it's sitting on a plane, in church, at a concert, wherever you find yourself, are you aware of the people that are in community with you? Yes. (laughs) And and many times we choose to not sit next to someone. We choose to sit next to something. And I think, especially in our culture and our society today, we are. We're choosing to sit next to a computer. Um, We're sitting, you know, next to the TV. We are engaged to Netflix. I know I, I was speaking to a gal on the plane ride home. She said she had to disconnect Netflix because she literally became addicted to it. From the time she woke up, she was hitting Netflix. She was brushing her teeth to Netflix. She was, you know, sitting down eating breakfast, just watching one season after the other. I mean, you can go back to when we were, now we're saying our age, but I remember having to wait to watch Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. You could not... That's the right yeah, name of it. Yeah, so like, you gave you me a wait. No, you had to wait to watch Rudolph. Ru- Rudolph, because we didn't have videos or anything. Yeah, yeah, Remember, yeah. it only came. Oh yeah, yeah. You, yeah. And if you missed that one, that one day that it yes. showed of the year, you missed it for the entire year. And many year. times it was on Sunday night. We are so, so we, dating ourselves. So we had to. We were going to church, but now, if you wanted to, you could watch Rudolph. And I might have when I was younger. You could watch Rudolph over and over and over again. I prefer so, Charlie Brown, but that's okay. <laughs> So we really do get into the whole virtual life of sitting next to someone rather than truly doing the face-to-face. And and that even goes into the next level. We get caught up in Facebook and Twitter, Instagram, you know, blogs. But through that, you're missing that face-to-face interaction. And I, and I know we just had this conversation that the problem with Facebook is you get all of these these friends, these virtual friends. These groups and communities. And you can just have a conversation when you want to. You're not having to deal with conflict per se. You're not having to ever ask for forgiveness or mm-hmm. apologize for something. Because then you could just you can just pop into another group. If this group is irritating to you, it's like, oh, I'll just delete them and I'll just move on to the the next conversation that I want Well, and we're creating like connections and community that's all about liking somebody or not liking somebody, deleting somebody, and feelings get hurt because we even had a conversation the other day saying with a gal that said, hey, my friend, I just found out she had deleted me from Facebook. And that is devastating. We're doing things and we don't even realize we're really hurting people with no accountability to it. Yes. Because we can just, with a click of a button, delete people, like somebody, unlike them. And and so it, it really is hard. And I have to have, I have to um, confess something here because Uh-oh. this is a struggle talking about uh, Facebook and the whole social media because I struggle with this whole thing of social media because basically I'm kind of a private person, even mm-hmm. though I, I, I don't mind sharing when we speak and when we do trainings and stuff, sharing just the real and being vulnerable. But I'm not one that, that wants to go announce what I'm doing in life and go post. And so Facebook, I, I'm not one that wants to just, I can't wait to go post what I'm doing and post a picture, whatever. And so I can go silent for a while, yes. but I feel this pressure that if I'm going to be effective <laughs> and truly, you, you know, have, have effective yourself. ministry, you have to expose yourself and you have yes. to be constantly putting yourself out there. And that is not my nature. Yes. So I struggle with that. What is the balance of how much do you put out there? How much do you not? Can you be effective without being on social media? I mean, it's all these questions. Well, I think too, you feel, um, very narcissistic when when you go there and and that's where you have to really start going okay what's the bottom line here and ask yourself um whoever or whatever you are sitting next to uh is this a good exchange of your time and is it truly impacting the kingdom because we want to ask you 
this question before we go into our break. What brings home to you? Just like here, that woman was saying, this brings home to me. And you, so many times we're not reflecting, we're not looking at that to go, what does that look like for you? And who or what are you sitting next to? Because the answer is significant to that question. And we want to truly live our lives and and be aware of what's around us so that we can truly make each day a day that when we get to the end of the day, after interacting with others, we will walk away and go, bravo, that was a day well lived. And I love the connections. They were authentic. They were real. They were genuine. And they encouraged. Stay with us. We'll be right back. This is Girlfriended on Toginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. Connect with Juliana and connect with what lies beneath. Friday afternoons at 4 or 3 Central on Toginet.com. Juliana is certified as a life coach who wants people to connect. Connect with what lies beneath, those truths and answers. And through her counseling practice, she has helped others find their personal power and fulfill their dreams. And she wants to do the same for you here on Connect with Juliana. Through intimate discussions, intriguing subject matters, and the expertise of her guests. For more on Juliana and her show, check out her website, connectwithjuliana.com. Juliana will cover it all. Nothing is off limits. She wants to know what matters to you. Make the connection. Tune in to Toginet to connect with Juliana to find out the facts that could be hidden beneath the surface. Connect with Juliana on Toginet to make a quality connection in your life. Friday afternoons at 4, 3 Central on toginet.com. Get ready to laugh along with This Little Parent Stayed Home with Ellie Lopreet. Friday evenings at 6, 5 Central on toginet.com. This is a truly realistic, no-nonsense, tell-it-like-it-is method that will have you laughing and crying, surviving while struggling, and hammering away at the hardships as you travel through the greatest journey of your life. Get empowered by joining thousands of other parents who have also decided to take a leap of faith into a double career with longer hours and half the pay simply because of the love they have for their children. Together, we are rebuilding a new economy that will support us rather than enslave us. Never again will we have to choose between raising our children and earning to provide for them. It won't be easy, but it will be worth it. For more on Allie and her success, check out her website, OurMilkMoney.com. So come get empowered with This Little Parent Stayed Home with Allie Lopreet, Friday afternoons at 6, 5 Central on Toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. 
Well, welcome back to Girlfriend It Radio. And our conversation today about who or what are you sitting next to? Basically, we're talking about community and forming community. Well, our guest today is someone who who creates room on the couch. And I know that she would have moved her purse in that pew at St. Patrick's Cathedral for community with you. Really? I think she would have. <laughs> and she also has a personal stories from the Ukraine, which is kind of cool tie-in because you sat next to the gal from Ukraine. Well, Jillian Marchenko describes herself as a wife a mother, a writer, and speaker. She writes about real life, depression, motherhood, Down syndrome, adoption, grace, and things that make you laugh. We love that. Um, Most Sundays, you will find her in the back row of the church that her husband pastors, bouncing a toddler on her knee and giving her older girls the look, which I love. We know that look. look. (laughs) We've given that look. I got the look. (laughs) (laughs) It's been said that the wives of pastors live in fishbowls, but she would be the first to tell you that her fishbowl is cracked and the water is seeped out. I love her already because I'm a pastor's wife and I so get that. So she would prefer that you don't call her a typical pastor's wife. Jillian is someone we would love to sit next to on a plane, at a concert, or in life. So welcome, Jillian, to Girlfriend It. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Well, you know what, Jillian, on your website, you share, there's room on the couch for you next to me, and and we just... Our, we, we planned our whole show around that that theme, and it, it's just what has made you realize it is so significant to be as transparent as you are with your depression, motherhood, and just the struggles, um, especially in being a pastor's wife. Um, well, thank you so much, uh, Lisa and Patty, for having me today. I uh, am so happy to be here with you guys, and I would definitely make room on my couch for you. In fact, <laughs> all four of my kids are at school right now, so come on over and we can <laughs> hang out Yeah, on the couch. Um, it's funny, I listened to your first segment, and uh, I really resonate with what you were saying regarding social media and just us having so much control um, privately over what we want to be involved in and what we don't want to be involved in. And I remember one day um, it just popping into my head, and I wrote on my Facebook page, I'm not a perfect mother, but I play one on Facebook. Mm. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And I just think it's easy for us to put our best foot forward, and I, I think especially in Christian circles, um, we kind of have that expectation that we're going to keep the stuff we struggle with to ourselves, especially if we're, we're um, leaders in churches or on the mission field or pastor's wives. You know, we don't want to show people that stuff. We want them to think we're doing all the right things. And um, God's just done a few things in my life in the last six years, and um, my response to how he had been working was just 100% failure. So after I kind of got through all that and the Lord has been working on my heart, um, I've just decided to start talking about it and writing about it. And what I found is that, you know, people love it. They love authenticity, and they just want to know the real stuff. And, and of course, that encourages me to keep going and just sharing my story of brokenness. Well, it's interesting because, you know, you hear the comment, about Facebook, you're only seeing people, the real of their highlights. And yet I've also seen the opposite where you have the, you know, Downey, you know, the Deborah Downey, what, what is that? What is yeah. the name of that? How come I can't? <laughs> Downer. Deborah I Downer. Yeah. Okay, I don't know where you're going with this. <laughs> Giving me the look. <laughs> no, the chick from um, Saturday Night Live. <laughs> 
Debbie yeah, Allen. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> yeah, my life stinks. There's nothing. Oh, poor me. I don't get invited to all these parties. And this day is going to be horrible. And I hate the weather outside. So <laughs> you, you did that well. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so it's, it's finding that balance where you can be, you know, transparent and let people know, you know, I have struggles too, but yet you can still, um, you know, put in some great fun energy into the moment where yeah. you're not bringing every, the tone of everything down. So, so yeah. how, how are you with that as, um, just kind of sharing some of your struggles as a pastor's wife, where, where do you find the balance? You know, I don't know if I have a very good balance. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Then we love you even more. <laughs> you know, balance in general is not a strong suit for me. I'm kind of black and white. I'm either up or down. But um, I do try to uh, just share from both camps, and, um, you know, my children are a great source of uh, joy and also struggle in my life, so I write about about both sides uh, equally. So I don't know. I don't know if we can all, any of us can say we have a balance that we can stick to. Uh, I just think it's about being real where we're at, but also being real about who we belong to and knowing that even if we're in a hard time, um, for for me as a person of faith, you know, bringing Christ into that into that struggle with me because He's there anyway, and mm-hmm. so um, I always try to point people back to the Lord, and it always ministers to me because God knew I needed to marry a pastor because I need help in that area. <laughs> <laughs> well, you had mentioned just earlier that um, God, it was a hundred percent failure that really kind of woke you up a little bit, and and we're so afraid of failure. You, I, there's this kind of like this tension between um, the doing and the being. We hear that a lot, and yet, mm-hmm. like, like especially like social media, you hear everybody saying, you know, what they're doing, and we we tend to start evaluating our worth by what we do and the mm-hmm. platforms we create and how many likes we have and how many groups we're associated with, instead of just truly being, because that that's kind of counterintuitive right now to what our society is saying. But it's absolutely where God you know, validates our worth. Can you kind of explain just that tension that you've experienced in your own life and how you have um, kind of resolved some of that to be at the place where you are right now? You know, it's interesting. Um, In order to share a little bit about that, I guess I should go back in my story just just a little bit to give you a background. But my husband, Sergey, and I met when I was on the mission field. I took a junior year off of college, and he was our interpreter in the group. And they had said, no matter who you, no matter what, you may not date the, the nationals. So he kind of looked like Kurt Cobain, and he was all greasy-haired and played guitar, and I married him. So <laughs> I always joke that I, bring, I brought back a life-size um, souvenir from Ukraine. And then uh, <laughs> after we got back to the States, we both went to Moody Bible Institute with the goal to be back in Ukraine long-term as church planners. So we made it back there um, after a few kids, uh, two two of our children were born, and we were there for four years as church planners, and our ministry was going great. You know, the Lord had uh, started a church in our living room, and the church plant was growing, and I had just finished Russian um, language study, and we just thought things were going so well, and um, God, you know, blessed us with our third daughter, and we were on the mission field, and I thought, you know, I popped out the other two. This should be fine. We'll just stay overseas and do this. And then, of course, when our daughter was born, she was sick, and she ended up in the hospital for three weeks. And she, um, in that time, was diagnosed with Down syndrome. We didn't know of the diagnosis beforehand. So within six weeks of her birth, we packed up our lives in Ukraine 
uh, and we just came back to the States. So that was six years ago. And that first year after um, Holly's birth and her diagnosis of Down syndrome, I feel like God forced us to get out of the limelight and active ministry and to actually just grow closer to him and just kind of hang out in the Karis ravine of who he is and not do anything except to be in his presence. That was the year I also feel like I, I failed 100% in many ways. You know, we came back from the mission field, and I was in missionary housing, and I just grieved the child that I expected, and that really made it hard for me to connect with our daughter, Polly. And, um, you know, in my humanity and my grief, I did not look to the Lord for help. Mm-hmm. You know, I went to other things. I started eating a ton of fast food and watching TV like crazy. Thank God. I didn't have Netflix yet then because I would have been addicted <laughs> to that, you know, but I also started drinking, drinking wine. And I remember hiding out in my, in the basement of the missionary housing of our sending church, downing wine just to numb myself from everything that had happened, you know? And so that's what I mean with talking about failing 100%. And I always tell people, thankfully that didn't last very long in my life. You know, the Lord, you know, definitely um, convicted me of, turning to alcohol instead of him, and then my husband was like, hey, cut it out, and my friends were, you know, I just had a good support system, so it didn't lead to full-on addiction, but um, I do feel like in that year, you know, I was falling anyway, and by God's grace, nothing to do with me, I just fell into Jesus's lap, and that really helped. Well, this is a great topic because um, I have known some girlfriends that, you know, as believers, where they all of a sudden become a closet drinker what uh-huh. um what was at what point did you feel did your husband notice the changes i mean who you had you said you had a great support group and what that's what our whole show is about is who are you sitting next to and it's so significant because if you are sitting next to you know the television many times that that deletes you from sitting next to people that can support you. So at what point did someone say, hey, whoa, 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 Jillian, let's back up here? I, that's a great point. You know, um, it was probably, and it's it's neat, I have since written a memoir about this whole experience, and that's why I know the date so well, because I had to go back in my journals and check everything out. And, you know, when I look back at that time, it seems like it went on forever, but it was really about six weeks after we returned from the mission field that I was hiding out in um and closet drinking and kind of hiding it from everyone. My husband seemed to know about it, but he didn't know the extent of it. Uh, yes. But as soon as he saw me just going downstairs to the computer with a glass of wine and then coming up with for another one and things like that, you know, he, he definitely called me out on it. And then I just had some missionary friends who were concerned with us because it was a huge life change to have a child with a disability and leave the mission field so abruptly. And um, thankfully, we were close enough where I knew I could be vulnerable with them. And so when they would call, I would tell them, look, I'm not reading scripture. I'm not praying. You know, I'm drinking. I've never done this in my life, you know, and, and all these things. And so they just called me out on it. And one of my friends said specifically, she said, it's not the end of the world if you have a glass or two of wine, you're not going to evaporate, <laughs> which I thought was funny. But then she said, but you absolutely have to stay close to Christ. You have to read scripture. You have to get back to that place you were with, with the Lord. And, you know, that was the best advice ever because as soon as I picked up the Psalms again, 
of course, God convicted me and, you know, gave me the strength to kind of look to him as, as opposed to outward influences. Well, Jillian, we love your authenticity. We're going to take a quick break from our conversation. And when we come back, we're going to just dive deeper into the subject of connecting, especially through pain. Stay with us. We'll be right back. This is Girlfriend on Toginet. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on GirlfriendIt.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend It. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriend It Radio right after these. Join host Kaylin Amadio for Act Local, marketing for small business. Kaylin helps concerned, confused, and even clueless small business entrepreneurs market simply, safely, and successfully. Join Kaylin for some Monday morning marketing madness that will leave you with more ideas, more understanding, and more knowledge about why and how harnessing the Internet gives you the power to bring your business to the next level. Whether you need help with online media, social media, video, or mobile marketing for your local business, this marketing black belt will guide you into the 21st century with easy tips, tricks, and techniques that get your local business seen and heard. Each week, Kaylin will feature a new tip that you can use today, as well as a range of guest experts who are passionate about helping local business owners thrive. Act Local Marketing for Small Business airs every Monday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Rockstar Radio Network. Have you ever wondered why America is facing such a health care crisis? Then join us for Dr. Peter DeVette Live every weekday at 1 p.m. Central on toginet.com. He'll answer your health care and medical questions and share with you his knowledge and opinions on topics ranging from holistic health care to spirituality and wellness. You'll find out about the roots of your health care challenges versus symptom management, the holistic approach, how the spirit, mind, and body connection is critical in both the development of illness and the solution to illness, how emotions are directly related to physical illness, and how to read your body like a book. Dr. DeVette will also go through your personal questions and how you can navigate through the illness maze. Supplements, medications, therapies, treatment options, surgeries, all kinds of things related to your health. Dr. Peter DeVent live every weekday at 1 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, we are back with our guest, Jillian Marchenko, who writes from her heart and from her life experiences. She give, gives others permissions to be the... <laughs> Would you like me to finish this? <laughs> no. 
she must finish this, Jillian, because you really do give others permission to just be themselves. And you you went into the whole. I I love that how authentic you were. Just talking about you know going down in the basement with your your glass of wine and um, just your struggles and the pain that. Um, that you were dealing with and how I, I love how your girlfriend came along and said, you know what? That's okay. So many times when we share our struggles with somebody else, they immediately judge. And mm-hmm. it, it, we always say, you know, with, with friends, there's a no judging zone. And the fact that she was able to say, but you do need to, you know, draw Jesus in. So what, at what point now that you had kind of your wake up call, what was the next step? Well, you know, I'm a writer, always have been, so as a child, I would fill journals. So um, pretty soon after my friend gave me that advice, I picked up the, the Psalms, because I love the Psalms. Everybody in it is bipolar, and it makes me feel good. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, okay, Lord, I don't really want to read anything right now, but I'll hang with David if I have to hang with somebody. And so I just started reading through and journaling everything um, about how he's feeling about my daughter and myself and faith. And um, that was just a great experience for me. Uh, you know, E.M. Forster says, how can I know what I think till I see what I say? And, mm-hmm. you know, just having that time of processing for me was wonderful. And a couple of years out, you know, I'd fallen head over heels in love with my daughter, and we had moved to Chicago where my husband's pastoring this um, small turnaround church at the time. And uh, I realized I had about 150 pages of journal entries. So I started to make them into a book, and I've been working on that. Um, It's finished and completed now, and I have an agent, and we're just pursuing publishing houses to share the story with people. Well, you know what? Pain is such a great connector of people, unfortunately. And there's something really... um, really healing when you when you share your pain and your your life experience not the highlights of life just the the vulnerable parts of it and somebody says me too and and there's something that's very strong that creates a strong connection of community there and that's what you are doing with your writing you're just making people feel like i can come sit next to you on the couch and i can just be me and have these real conversations and that's why patty and i are so passionate about really uh, creating those places for women to connect authentically and to really, di- you know, dive into that relational leadership because we're missing out on a lot of just being able to say, this is who I am. This is what I bring to the table. This is my journey and what I've experienced. And so we so appreciate you talking about that. And even this whole thing with depression that you talk about and having Down syndrome children, and you don't have just one, you have two daughters. And can yes. you just kind of explain that? Because that is that is really kind of beyond to some people. And um, and your healing and therapy is the writing, but explain that depression part. And in the midst of all this, you're a pastor's wife. Yeah, I, I, that job's my least favorite, too, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I love my church. We have a great group of people, and I don't think I could be anywhere else really at this point. Um, but, yeah, all that uh, social pressure here in the States. But I'm sure that's another another show. Um, <laughs> but, uh As far as my depression now, um, you know, after I really experienced a lot of healing in my family, I feel like we really grew stronger to to Jesus, and God put us in this place in Chicago. You know, we ended up going back to Ukraine and adopting another little girl with Down syndrome, which was a huge turn for me to go from not wanting the child that I had birthed Mm -hmm. to um, going and essentially buying another one, (laughs) you know, but that was all the Lord's doing, and... um, when we brought home Evangeline in 2009, 
she had spent most of her life in a crib in Ukraine. She was three years old, and she was just way more delayed and struggling than I expected. And, um, you know, I've always struggled with depression on and off throughout my life. That's kind of my status quo is Eeyore, unfortunately. And um, that just kind of dove me deeper into a struggle because now I had these four girls and two of them had special needs. So it's therapy and appointments and the stress of ministry. And then, you know, our fourth daughter, I struggled to bond with her. She didn't smell like me. She didn't act like me. She struggled to bond with me. And so that really kind of delved me into a hard place. Um so it's been a struggle as far as depression. I, I can say that things are going better now. It's day by day. I feel like Sergey and I, my husband, are learning a lot through the process, but I just have to focus on I, I kind of divvy up my life into three areas, physical, emotional, and behavioral. And I realize that I just need help in all those areas to make sure that I'm, you know, the best mom I can be for my kids. Okay, that that brings a really good point. So you divvy it up into three areas because I kind of I kind of do that when I wake up in the morning. I go through uh-huh. and go, okay, which cup is is being filled, and I try to have that balance, that that holistic approach. So how uh-huh. do you do that? How do you divvy it up and then pour into those three different areas? Well, I I realized that I needed some outside help um, physically. You know, my my depression has been on and off. So um, I've been with my doctor and a psychiatrist, so I take an antidepressant. I also see a holistic doctor who helps me with vitamins and things like that. So um, as far as behaviorally, I also go and I see a behavioral therapist who's been wonderful to help me to just plan my day and to to celebrate, you know, my little victories in life, but also make a game plan. So I feel like I have to pay a best friend, but it's working out right now for me. So we're going <laughs> to keep going with that, you know. And then the spiritual, um, I just really feel like through my, my struggles, and this is probably why I can share so openly, um, it, just for me, I just feel like Jesus is in this with me. Even at the times when I've kind of turned away, he hasn't. And and that's been a, a presence in my life. He has. And so um, I just I feel like he's in this with me. And so it's just important to keep, um, you know, reading that scripture and talking to my friends in the faith community and praying and just trying to engage. So on the days when I'm not, you know, when I'm not struggling, um, I do that. And then I'll have bouts where I don't. So it's always a, it's always a battle. Okay, I, I love that you you know you have to pay for your best friend, but it's working. Um, what what exactly through therapy when you say come up with a game plan that you could give some tips to our listeners that are struggling with a d- depression, and especially right now through the holidays, I think depression seasonal depression you, you're seeing yes, that more gets at a all time high. What are some things that they could you know even like one or two tips where they can put in their game plan to help them get through the season? Well, my first tip would be if you're a person who does struggle, if it's just the stress of the holidays or, you know, a bigger a bigger burden in your life that you need to deal with, my first tip is just to find one person that you trust to tell your, your struggles to. Um, I think validation and just being heard and creating that space in our lives is so mm-hmm. po- powerful for us as women. And I can't agree more with you, with you guys, um, about doing that face-to-face and not seeking it out just virtually. And that's a great reminder for me because I spend so much time now online promoting um, my book and my writing and things like that. So, I mean, that would just be my baseline tip is if you are struggling and you're alone, just pick one person. It doesn't have to be your pastor, you know, pick a friend, whomever, but just to reach out 
to somebody. And well, then, and I, um, I, got, I have to interrupt you there, Julianne. Sure. That is such a great tip, especially through the season, because we have a tendency to watch the shows of people with friends and, you know, they're doing things and they're experiencing Christmas or experiencing the holidays. And they really are not having that that face to face. So they're they're living virtually through somebody else in this vicarious experience. And then all of a sudden they wake up the next morning and you don't even know who you are. Really. Well, and it highlights what you don't have because you're yes. seeing what other people mm-hmm. have and it highlights and it magnifies what you don't have. Well, and many times they're doing exactly what you, you were going through where you have that glass of wine and which that is changing, you know, having the mood swings and you're, you're eating all the food while you're watching everybody else, you know, and living right. through them seriously yep. and you wake up even more depressed. You, you yeah, it's just another eat. way to be numb in your life. I mean, we're all just looking to escape from things that are hard when I think maybe we don't have to tackle everything today in our lives that are hard, but we definitely do have to show up to our lives and, and attempt to, you know? So, so yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Schedule one coffee date with a girlfriend or, or, you know, go, even if you have to go to the park by yourself, <laughs> get outside. Exactly. Yep. During my really hard times, my therapist is like, your job is walking the dog. You go out, look at the mm-hmm. birds, you know, see other people, see that life goes on around you. You know, that change in perspective is helpful. And um, another tip I'd have that I learned actually as a missionary in Ukraine when I was entrenched in the Russian language, it was just so exhausting to live in another culture with little kids and try to learn the nuances of the language. And somebody told us as a, a mission group to just do pick one thing and split up your, your days into three parts, morning, afternoon, and evening. And on the hard days, pick one thing that you know you need to accomplish that day, no matter how small or how, how big, and pick one area or two if you're doing better in that day where you'll, you'll accomplish those things. But you give yourself that window of rest, too, which is important so can- for me as a mother to kids with special needs because I don't get a lot of time for rest, and that's been huge for me. Mm-hmm. So what you're saying is you pick one thing and you decide what you're going to do that day, whether it's in the morning, the afternoon, or evening. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I think it's just a measurable goal so that when you accomplish it, if you're somebody who's struggling with your emotions that day, you can feel good because it's a vicious cycle. When you're depressed, you do nothing, and then you get more depressed about doing nothing. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> it's hard. It really is that vicious cycle, and it really is hard hard to put it an end to that because one thing leads to the other. The dots all connect. Right. With that. Okay, well, we're going to take a break. We have less than a minute here. And... um and when we come back, we want to still talk to you more about um, just connecting authentically because you've really stressed that, just sitting there and just being vulnerable, being authentic. And we, we were talking earlier about how the Facebook, we are not connecting authentically. We're, we're just exposing our highlights, and that's not really uh-huh. where life is. And you've uh-huh. said so many, so many great things here about, you know, Jesus is in life with us. You, you have to show up in your life. You've given us some tips. So as we as we take a break, when we turn, we'll, we'll be talking with our guests, Jillian Marchenko, and about authentically connecting and giving each other permission to be real and to sit next to each other on the couch. We'll take a break, and we'll be right back.
Plus is Girlfriended on Toginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. The Mary Beth Wells Hour is a talk radio show where we reach out, reach deep, and talk about topics of substance. We'll cover points of interest, such as World War II and the Holocaust, the Vietnam War, the planets and the oceans, skydiving, rock climbing, and much, much more. Join me every Monday at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time as we delve into and discuss fascinating subjects. It's a program to pique your interest for sure. like when you watch a cooking show or read a food magazine that the recipes are not practical for a busy family? Do you wish you could have a conversation with someone about the best way to get dinner on the table fast after a long day at work? Are you tired of cooking dinner only to have your family turn up their nose and all of your hard work? Do you want to hear more about healthy living and finding more time to find your passion in life? We'll pull up a chair and visit with Heather Tallman, host of Around the Kitchen Sink. Thursday nights at 10 p.m. here on Tugginet Radio. Like many women, finding balance in life and time to take care of yourself is hard to do. Between managing a career and marriage and children and a busy family schedule, it's hard to maintain a sense of self. And Heather shares how she does it. Check out Heather's website, basilmama.com. Join us for food and a whole lot more on Around the Kitchen Sink with your host, Heather Tallman. Thursday nights at 10 p.m. Central on Tugginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, we have devoured our time with our guest today, Jillian Marchinko. And Jillian, we just, we keep saying that, but we love your transparency and just the authenticity that you have because it's so difficult for women to truly share your, your heartbeats as well as your heartbreaks, especially like you did this morning. And many times we don't want to share because we fear the rejection. Um, just like we talked about the judgment when we, we speak with other women. That's why, like you're saying, you, you pay for your best friend because that way you can truly just spill your guts. You know, mm-hmm. they're not not going to judge you and, and they're going to give you really good feedback. And so many times I think that's where we struggle because uh-huh. we, we do get in that judging zone. And so when we hear feedback from uh, a friend, we have a tendency if they're being true to us that we mm-hmm. can really be hurt by it. And well, when I- re- relationships all are about risk and it is risky when you, when you open yourself and make yourself vulnerable to other people. And I think especially, um, 
uh, Jillian, in the role that we share as, as a pastor's wife, because you, you don't know, are, are you going to leave the church? Are you going to leave this this friendship? Uh, are you somebody to be trusted? And you never you never have that total confidence. And, and so it is hard with, with relationships, and, and especially as women, because we've been beat up in the past. It goes back a lot of times to, to junior high and high school. Uh-huh. We, carry those, we carry those scars with us until our adulthood. So just what is that balance of, you know, it, it's even finding how much, like I, like you said earlier, Patty, how much do you truly be real without coming across as like the victim, you know, where you're mm-hmm. like, being real to encourage other people to say, this is who I really am. Um, but I, you know, the highlights as well as the lowlights, you yes. know, in life. Well, well and, and then he, here we are. We want to ask you the question, but we just keep, <laughs> <We> just keep <laughs> talking because this hits such a great area, especially for women. If we are going to be intentional and we're going to move to the next level where we really are doing things for the kingdom, we do want to get um, better at who we are. And and so just we, we want to ask you for three tips of how are you empowering and encouraging women? Um, you know, just going back to the beginning of the show when, when she's yelling bravo, that we can truly say that to each other and go bravo. So how give us three tips on, on how we can empower each other. Well, I think that um, the key is vulnerability uh, with one another, and I totally agree that the high school, junior high background of our lives seeps into our adult our adult lives. And a lot of times we worry, even if it's subconsciously, what someone else is thinking of us, and we spend a lot of time, I feel like, in our culture really caring about someone else thinks about what we do or what we say or what we wear, mm-hmm. and not as much time caring about... Um, what God cares about and, and our inner lives. And, uh, and so I think vulnerability really helps with that. Um, I do have a couple tips, but I just want to say I went out with a girlfriend for a cup of coffee a couple weeks ago, and, you know, I just needed to hear something about myself. I know that that's very narcissistic. I know that it shouldn't be all about me, but I just needed to hear what somebody like. <laughs> so I said, what do you like about me? And she's like, you're acting like my husband. I, I do this to my husband all the time. Tell me why you love me, you know, things like that. But I think if we can actually, you know, um, encourage one another with our words and just be um, be there and say, you know, I really like this about you. And, you know, I noticed that you have this trait that God's been working on in your life, and I just think that's fabulous. You know, that just really builds builds us up. So for us, you know, I think we want that, and the way to want it is the way to get it, and uh, is to give it. So... You know, if we can start encouraging other people with our words and actions, I think that's going to boomerang back to us and help. Well, I, definitely the the encouragement. And I think, too, in the same where we can just be bold and, and do exactly what you did to say, you know, what we, we, Lisa and I always laugh because when we're feeling down, it's like, okay, will you pledge your love to me and tell me how wonderful I am? And, <laughs> yeah. and I think the other thing is to... Um, be, you know, very genuine in saying, how can I, um, what do I need to work on? How can I be a better friend? How can I be, you know, a better person? How can I do ministry and, and be more intentional and then be ready for it when you hear it? Absolutely. And, well, you're asking mm-hmm. somebody that you know is going to say it in love and yeah. not out of, um, you know, divisiveness or hurtfulness. But, and so it really is, um, you know, the wisdom of a friend, you know, speaking in, you know, love. And being in that space in our heads where we can receive that in the right way and take it and really grow in our um, in ourselves through through those words. 
I think when we're vulnerable, a lot of times that word has baggage because it means mm-hmm. we're needy, you know, and yeah. um, it doesn't necessarily mean it can mean we're needy. And by all means, I'm very needy and will probably always be. But I also think vulnerability is is um, so much more than than that as well. It can just be transparency and um, doing life together on a real in a real way with other people and um I just think it's so important for us to encourage that in our relationships. And this is great for me because I need all these reminders as we're talking today. Now I'm thinking about all my relationships that, you know, so many times I pick Facebook over a friend or um, I just want to hide out and watch, like, really wonderful, spiritually uplifting shows like Teen Moms or something. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it really is, there is something, especially as women, about processing out loud with a trusted friend. And I know, like, a lot of times in my conversations with my husband, and, you know, God love our husbands, but there's just a part of us as women that they don't totally get, and they try, but they don't totally get that. So we do need to have those girlfriends in our lives that can really, that really understand, you know, like we said earlier, the heartbeats and the heartbreaks that we that we share in life. And um, and it is, it, there's something about processing out loud that's yes. very therapeutic. Even when you hear yourself saying it out loud, it kind of makes sense more. You can, or you can kind of work through it easier. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay, so... On this thing, just finding, we, we talked about balance earlier that really, balance doesn't really totally exist. But if it did, and if we were trying to find balance in our authenticity, how do you, like even on social media versus face-to-face, how do you find that? How would you encourage women with that? Because sometimes women don't have a filter in expressing their their vulnerability. and mm-hmm. But yet we have to be, it's being real without um, going, you know, too far. Yeah, I think um, I recently wrote an article for Connections Magazine, which is the leadership magazine for Mops International. Mm. And um, in it, it, it's called Vulnerability Works. And I shared a little bit about, you know, my closet drinking and just opening up with my Mops group when I was the Mops coordinator and telling them about that and how, um, you know, that vulnerability really allowed for the group to gel and to become more real and for struggles to be shared And a few of the tips I gave through that article were, of course, first to pray and ask God for wisdom and how you share about some of the struggles and some of the good things in your life with others. And then gauging your audience. Like, is it appropriate to share the struggle with these people at this time? Can they handle it? Will that really build the kingdom? Or do I just want to complain or show people that, you know, I'm not the perfect pastor's wife or whatever? And then... um, Checking our emotions, too. I think, like, for me, um, I have harder times around my daughter's birthday still where I remember that hard time in my life, and that probably wouldn't be the best time for me to share the experience because it might be a little bit skewed, and I may not share um, as balanced as I would like, you know. And then just taking spiritual stock in in what I'm going to share, and like I mentioned earlier and what you said, I mean, does this glorify God? You know, I think there's a lot of ugly in our lives that, we can trade for glory. And I do think our American church needs to get more involved in that and get a little messy, but we got to make sure that at the end it glorifies Christ. And that's the point. And it's not to glorify ourselves or um, to get a lot of likes on Facebook or to sell our books or whatever else we're trying to do. I think that is so important to, to pray about it. And like you said, really ask that 
question of, is this making a big deal about God or am I just dumping all this? And such a good point. Like, you know, at the time of the the birthday, this is probably not the time for me to purge everything, every emotion to have that because sometimes we, we do that and it becomes our identity rather than mm-hmm. really seeing am i do am i saying these things because once again am i making a big deal about god and this is is this glorifying him or am, am i putting myself in not such a great light for these people you know just to have that discernment yes i just read a quote um the other day by ray bradbury and it says uh we are cups constantly and quietly being filled the trick is knowing how to tip ourselves over and let the beautiful stuff out hmm hmm that is, that is really, that is really good. And that is hard for women because we beat ourselves up all the time. And like, even, you know, you were talking about when you had that, that kind of that dark season of life, when you were, you know, kind of locking yourself away. A lot of times we, we don't even give ourselves grace to get through that. We, we go back to that place and, and, and hold on to that and let that, like Patty said, let that define us instead of going, okay, that was a season of life. Mm-hmm. I moved on. And this is where I am now, and God is using my story and using this time mm-hmm. for His glory. And so it really is allowing God to use our story um, for His purpose and, and that, that He really benefits from it. The good, the bad, and the ugly, because it's all a part of the story. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Jillian, we just have um, a couple minutes left t- to our show today, and we just have so enjoyed just your the, the things that you've challenged us with. And I, I walked away with, we really do need to encourage each other and, and lift each other up. And we just want to thank you for the authenticity and just how honest and how we need to validate each other more and, and be able to, to say bravo um, and, and grab your purse and say, come have community with me and quit just staring at the television or staring at at Facebook. So we just want to thank you once again, Jillian, but tell us um, where we can find out a little bit more about you. Sure, thanks. If you'd like to know more about me and what I'm into these days and see cute pictures of my kids, you can go to www.jillianmarchenko.com. So it's G-I-L-L-I-A-N-M-A-R-C-H-E-N-K-O. And I have a few pieces. I just had an article in Today's Christian Woman, and I have another piece coming up in Thriving Family and Literary Mama in the next few months. And then, God willing, you know, my, my book is out there at publishers, and if that's his will, maybe um, somebody might want to read, read the story in its entirety someday. Well, again, thanks to our guest, Julian Marchenko. And uh, we will post highlights from today's show on our website at girlfriended.com. And for more information, join us at our Girlfriended Facebook and on our website. And thank you for tuning in. We'll talk to you next time. Thank you for being a part of this special program, Girlfriend It, the show dedicated to the most important woman you know, yourself. It's to-